it. Hey, you. Come kill my god. Get out of my dreams and come kill my god. Guys, Kill Your Gods podcast. Jesse Dram sweating his balls off. This is the first episode recorded in the new home studio. Myself and my lovely wife have moved from shitty, stinky Port Richmond, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to Pennsylvania. And oh boy, I I am very, very happy. I got a great view out my window. There's no more uh, there's no more heroin addicts walking the streets at all hours of the night, pulling the dude, we once saw a guy like just fucked up on something, standing on the sidewalk in the middle of rush hour traffic. Everybody caught a light. And he is to him, he probably looked like, oh, I'm I'm picking some tiny little growth off of my arm, like, oh, I, it's like, maybe I was playing with Elmer's glue, like, oh, let me just pull off a little strip of that, strips of his flesh, but the, bl- the fucking blood stains are still on the concrete, fuck Port Richmond, I'm so glad to be out of there, nothing worse than a bunch of fucking immigrant-hating immigrants, and that is Port Richmond, but we're in the new location, we're fucking so excited, I'm excited for today's episode because we're keeping trucking along with the Sorcerer's Stone, part three, chapters 10 to 14, I think. I don't know. Look at your little phone. It should say what it is right there. We have Hannah Trav. I am so excited to have Hannah. Hannah is a comedian. She is a lawyer, or at least very close to being one, and uh, she joined me to discuss the Sorcerer's Stone, and yeah, big time Harry Potter fan. Um... I'm glad we can finally get back to normal between the move. And not only that, I was covered in poison oak for two weeks. I am still, it's, I'm seeing people and they're looking at like the open wounds on my fucking limbs and like, oh my God, what the fuck happened to you? And to me, it's just like, oh, this is like 30 times better than I did look. I looked like the toxic Avenger for a little bit there. It sucked. But now we are back on track. We got Fucking Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone next month. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've been trying to do things in monthly increments. We're not quite there yet. All I got to say is if you're looking forward to a certain movie in October and you haven't read the book or you haven't read it in a while or you love it and you just want to hear some funny people fucking talk about it in depth, pick up a copy all October, a little bit into, wait, all September, a little bit into October, Frank Herbert's Dune. I am so excited for that. We're going to be having my old friend R.E. Parrish from R.E. Parrish Comics. An insanely, insanely talented lady who uh, I met very early on into the I Hate Infinite Jest podcast, and she has just been incredible every time we've had her on. I tried to get her on for Harry Potter. Schedules just didn't work out. I said, like, well, I'm thinking of doing something for Dune. And immediately she was like, yes, 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 yes. I want to come on for Dune. And Dune, she will be on for. But for now, we're rocking out Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with our guest this week, Adam Love you guys. Have a nice week. All right, and we are back. Part three of Harry Potter and the sorcerers slash philosophers slash uh, ventriloquist stone. 
part three, <laughs> chapters 10 through 14. My guest this week, we got another comedian, and her name is Hannah Trav. How you doing, Hannah? Hello. Thanks for having me on part three. Definitely. You were on my, my short list when I first put out uh, feelers about this a few months ago. You were one of the first people that said, yes, yes, I want in, yes. Yeah, I, um, I have read Harry Potter easily a hundred times as a series. I was a real Harry Potter kid. So I've never had the opportunity to talk about it on a podcast and I was very excited to do so. Plus it's like, it's a big one. I know you covered the Bible you were telling me, but. Right. It's, uh, I mean, if I need to. This is a big one. (laughs) Yeah, this is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I put it right there around the Bible. I mean, uh, better, better, better than Leviticus at least and way <laughs> oh less violent so yeah yeah for sure there's a oh. lot of crazy crazy yeah. stuff in the bible anyway so, go ahead sorry before we get started uh anything you need to promote anywhere we can find you on social media yeah so i'm a comedian and you can follow me on instagram at wanda cheeseburger spelled the way you think Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Hannah Trav. I don't really tweet. So I would just go for Instagram. I'm doing stand up at some shows, but now with Delta, we'll see. I don't know when this comes out, but I have one in a couple days. This will be out on Monday. Yeah. I'm not. You missed my show assholes. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I do stand up. Just follow me on Instagram. Where does the name Wanda Cheeseburger come from? I, I wish I had a cool story. I was. Okay, so my favorite movie is The Dark Knight. When The Dark Knight Rises came out, my best friend and I got tickets to like a 5 a.m. showing instead of going oh at midnight. So I was like, it's a good I'm call. like an early morning person. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were playing it like every hour. Anyway, there are, so, I, I'd have to imagine there are less theater shooters in the a.m. They're not very motivated oh, people. I made that I sad. I'm sorry. I know I wasn't going to. You would, Jesse, you would make that sad. Tiger, Tiger <laughs> no, don't change its stripes. Sorry. I know. I was going to say I've been doing stand-up around you for a long time so <laughs> I knew what I was getting into but yeah I uh what were we saying about Wanda Cheeseburger yeah we were in the theater and my friend and I waiting for the movie to start and I had just gotten an iPhone like the day before and so what was this 2013 2012 maybe and right. yeah 2012 and I only got it because I'm on a family plan <laughs> So it was really exciting. And I made up an Instagram and I just came up with Wanda Cheeseburger. I love cheeseburgers. I, I That was it. 5 a.m. My brain is best in the morning, though. That's true. I mean, if it's pulling, you know, the modern equivalent of uh, the Statue of David, a.k.a. the Instagram handle Wanda Cheeseburger. <laughs> who is anybody else to argue with that? Logic? Do you really think it's that cool? That makes me feel so cool. I made it I know, up I, I am a very big fan when people find just words that uh, are tangentially not related at all, <laughs> but they have a yeah. certain a certain something to them when put together. Yeah, right. You know? It just sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> I like love Wanda Sykes and I love cheeseburgers. And somewhere in my brain at 5 a.m., that's what we got. And I felt good about it. I was just talking with somebody about this, how uh, my, my wife is vegan. And while I am not vegan, I'm trying to do stuff like I no longer eat beef. But man, I used to be just fine with turkey burgers. But now that that's like all I can get, I'm, I'm, I'm jonesing for a burger these days. Oh, yeah. 
I had a nice burger. My mom and I went shopping last weekend and went to Friendly's. There was a Friendly's mm-hmm. in, we went to New Jersey. Oh, you're in New Jersey. We went to yeah. New Jersey and the outlets. And there's a friend. Oh, I know exactly. You're talking about the Gloucester Outlet Mall. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say Cherry Hill, but yeah, we went there. There's a friendlies. We got burgers. It was delicious. Sometimes you just need a cheeseburger. That's my opinion. I think I'm making it my goal. I'm making it my goal this weekend to get a cheeseburger. She wouldn't be mad, right? Uh, It's it's my own personal thing. And the poor, the poor little cows who did nothing wrong. As opposed to yeah. turkeys who, you know, fuck them. Turkeys don't want to live. That's that's my logic. Okay, sure. <laughs> so how did you get into uh, Harry Potter? Were you were you an early adopter or were you one of the American kids who like when the movie came out, you just jumped on and pretended you've been reading it since you were five? No way, Jose. I was the, the former. So I, my brother is, three and a half years older than me and he got the first harry potter remember those like book orders that would go home with you from school yes they were the shit like the scholastic book yeah yeah so like they always had deals where you could buy multiple books so my mom would buy books for us like once in a while when they came out she bought my brother harry potter he i think he read it i don't know but for whatever reason i decided to start reading it backstory i'm gonna brag for a minute When I was a second grader, I like learned to read very young. So when I was a second grader, there was a period of time, this is funny, where I read every single book in the entire classroom library that my teacher had. So she let me read like a chapter book. That was like my first time reading a chapter book. And it happened to be a Sweet Valley High book where the girl got her period. And I didn't know what her period was. How how, how old were you? I was in second grade. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like, had I picked any other book, I would have been able to understand like a babysitter's club or something, but the book. So I, my poor second grade teacher, like has this kid who's like, give me more books, give me more books. And then gives her a book. Give me more books. Give me more books. What's menstruation. Give me more books. She's like, and I went up to her and I I was like, what's a period. And she was like, uh, ask your mom. Anyway, another story (laughs) for another time, but I did ask my mom, she did explain it in a hilarious way. And, uh, and then she got that teacher fired. Sorry. No, 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 no. The teacher was great. But uh, it's so funny. I'm like, I know you're kidding. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want it on the record. She was a great (laughs) teacher. Uh, But I think it was around that time that Harry Potter. No, I think it was, I was a little older when it came out. But um, yeah, I was in elementary school. My brother was in middle school. And I remember sitting in the front room of our house. I like vividly remember it because I was like, this is the coolest book I've ever read in my life. And I think by that point, the second one had come out, but then I grew up like with the midnight book releases and the, you know, pre-ordering them online and the like, and also for the record, I'm, the movies are nice, but I'm not a huge fan. And I hate the last movie. Cause I think it ruined one of the most important, awesome moments in the book and made it like true Potterheads will know what I'm talking about. Basically just like, okay. I might, I might need to have you back on for, for that one what i'm gonna oh my do- god i yell i like my friend told me to shut up in the movie theater like literally was like you need to stop talking i was like are they serious right now like this is not even anyway so uh, my, my, my plan is to do like the entire series of the book and then at the very end have an episode on the movie and to do yeah. that through the series so okay i will keep yeah, that in mind because cool. i'm very curious what it is 
yeah, the movies are cool, but, um, but I was, I'm a hardcore book loyalist. And then I used to just psych once the seventh book had come out, I used to just like read through them like over and over again. I would always have one in my backpack at school in high school. Cause I just would like get to school early on the bus and read alone. Cause I was fun and I would read Harry Potter. And then I was in junior year when my friends and I were having a debate about like how we could start a club. We could start a club for whatever. Like someone had started some random club and we were like, we should start a club. And I came up with Harry Potter Tuesdays. Like, I just like said that. And we were like, that's hilarious. So then we created Harry Potter Tuesdays. We got like our English teacher would be the faculty sponsor. We only met one time. I just wanted us to get a yearbook photo and we did. And here's the best part. All these popular kids like came, you know, they do all the club photos on the same day. Right. In the auditorium and all these popular, I was like, anyone who wants to come in this picture, come in. So there's all these kids who jumped in, like thinking they were like, haha, look, I'm in Harry Potter club. And I was really like, yeah, you made it all happen. I didn't even do it my senior year, but <laughs> anyway, that was a long way of saying I freaking love Harry Potter and I hate that it's tainted by JK Rowling's transphobia. And I could go into a lot of reasons why, you know. Hey, I'm I, I'm looking forward to getting into this book more because it's, uh, what's the right way? to put this, let me put it this way. As a, as, a, as a cis straight white guy, there is a part of me that's like, well, I mean, how bad could that really be? But then again, that's who I am. Why, why would I know what that would be like? So I'm very good. You know, what's funny. I actually have uh, I don't even, are you saying like, how bad can her stance be? So I'm, I, I'm saying both, I'm saying simultaneously, my legitimate reaction every time I hear like, Oh, her being transphobic ruins the books. I always, I do have the thought of like, how transphobic do you really need to be to destroy something kind of not related yeah. to it? While oh, at that's... the same, while at the same time acknowledging, like, well, I'm not, I am not the person who would be affected by that. Not only as not a longtime fan of the books, but as not a trans person. So, right, exactly. That's how I feel. So I thought a lot about this because I felt like I thought this would might come up so I wanted to be prepared to like answer it and here's the like most I just think it's very personal and again this is I'm a cisgender straight woman so I am not purporting to know what it's like to have this author's work or or this author's words affect this work I personally think that Harry Potter is much bigger than her now and I also this is like a legitimate thing. I, in college was, I studied, I majored in philosophy and I literally studied philosophy of art and like mm-hmm. how we define art and what different schools of thought have said about like, what is artwork? Where does it come from? Is it like from the artist's intent or is like, I know this is so like. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm very interested in the entire concept of like death of the author and like how much that's even yeah. really possible. I like that. discussion. Yes. So I think it's personal. See, so like, I will never think about Harry Potter in the same way, but mm. I think that there are so many other people who brought, I mean, obviously she wrote it. Right. But the world has become so much bigger. And I just feel like right. at it, this point, 
at this point, and, and I happen to also be in the philosophy school of thought. I, I have a college paper to prove it that uh, formalism to me is where the art comes from. So from the form of the artwork, it doesn't like an artist making something doesn't, I don't know, I'm not gonna get all into this, but my, my belief is that an artist doesn't dictate how you experience the artwork and that like- uh, especially, especially the particular demographic she was going with with these stories, not only children, but writing a series that was intended to mature, literally grow up with the child. I mean- And it, I literally grew up with them. That's the crazy. And like the crazy thing is, is now kids can just like read them you know, a little bit, you know, in a row, whereas I was waiting for them right. to be released. No, so that made it no, all the more dramatic. No cliffhangers, no anticipation. Like you didn't even know yeah. what it was going to end, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, well, no, the, I think she had announced like early on there would be seven books oh. or something, but okay. well, not early on. I mean, in the beginning, it was like the first book just blew up. But yeah, so my law, my history with Harry Potter is long. And I, and again, I'm glad that we are acknowledging this because I don't really feel like I can ever think about Harry Potter in the same way, but I believe there is a story and a, I just think it's bigger than her words. And mm -hmm. I'm able to, I am someone who's able to continue reading and I play this like Hogwarts mystery game on my phone where like, I'm a character at Hogwarts it's mm -hmm. super addicting but um there's like a whole like side story where you're like at you're basically like charlie weasley's age so you're okay. like older than harry potter and it like picks up and you're at hogwarts and it's just like a whole little thing but anyway well it's funny. i think about it every time i play i think about how you can have a trans character you can have your character go on a date with a boy or a girl or you know one of the characters like the pre-made characters and I just think like, okay, that's the world I choose to live in. The people who, you know, for the people who are only fans of the movies, the actors in those movies have, you know, vocally spoken out against her words. I just think that I'm, I'm okay with letting, but, but again, I must. Right. I'm no, no, I, I, I get it. Some people it's going to really tarnish the world uh, of Harry Potter for them. I, <laughs> God. I have a, uh, a cousin who is transgender who I used to be very, very close with and not anymore. That's a whole other thing. But the irony okay. is uh, they do a little bit of blogging on the side and they actually just posted a blog today theorizing that J.K. Rowling herself is in fact closeted trans. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, eh, fuck it. Go look up uh, Sam Smerwin on medium if you want to read that don't don't tell him i sent you it's weird we don't have a good relationship but okay. speaking of uh we uh, speaking of different perspectives i want to start something brand new this week which is okay. just addressing the fanfic of the week because there is a lot of them i'm not going to get in detail this is just the first one i found because God, fan fiction. Talk about taking something and making it your own. Uh, oh, boy. Really baffling. I uh, all okay. I have is the basic premise for this one. It's called Children of the Dark, Year One. And I think all I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first pages of these and give it a summary. Uh, the summary of this one, Children of the Dark, Year One, Lily Potter is cheating on James with Snape, mm -hmm. who is also Voldemort's son. So why not? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And that's that's all I have. I, I didn't want to read anymore. Seems like uh that's like some later shit. Like oh yeah. Well that's another problem. That I can't you'll get, find out why someone stuff. wrote that later, but that's also nonsense. Yeah. It's really wild. So but hey, people, people need their potter. Hey, if it gets people writing potter fever. You know, I mean uh yeah, I mean these it? books also like change friends of mine's like relationship to reading like I I already like to read as I mentioned I read every book in the classroom (laughs) it's like my uh one of my proudest I wish I could keep that on my resume second grade read every single book in the classroom I I am still that kid enough that like the last year and a half one of my uh new hobbies has been shaming comedians that do not read books because a lot of a, a lot of our peer comedians particularly here in our local scene don't read anything that's not uh, comic books and they so you enjoy me. shaming people oh like, I love oh. it love it oh that's so weird uh, but you know people should read so I'm on board I read you know I'm looking forward to reading more for fun I just write a lot for law school and I, I've heard that happen with a lot of people with education, particularly people who are trying to become yeah. like English majors. They say like, oh, it was 10 years before I read anything for fun ever again. Yeah. I like. I don't know. You don't like, I like shaming people for what they like. It's fun to just fuck with them a little bit. And keep in mind, this wow. is coming. This is coming from somebody who loves professional wrestling and heavy metal, which I know are objectively dumb things. That's why I, I find it fun. I don't mind the wrestling but heavy metal I you know I don't really think it's dumb because some people I remember working with this kid when I was a lifeguard Mm -hmm. and uh he was like this really quiet kid in Delco or maybe no maybe we worked together at the YMCA so it was it might have been Ardmore or something but Mm -hmm. he yeah he was like super quiet never talked and then like randomly just one day we were sitting in the break room and he was like, I was like asking him what he did last. And he's like, I went to a concert. And I was like, who was it? He's like, you've probably never heard of them. And he, I don't know who it was, but he like named some like Swedish or Norwegian metal band. Oh, okay. And I was like, yo, what? I thought you were going to say like Maroon 5. Uh, what the hell? Or if whatever. it was, all right. If it was Norwegian, then. by any chance, was it no. Demu Borgir? No. Nope. No, no idea. He played Demu Borgir, Dark Throne, like, no. Okay. Dude, this was like 10 to 15 years ago. <laughs> Whatever know. band it is, I'm pretty sure I'm a fan of it. But that's actually the thing anyway. I... Sorry. All right, yeah, let's get into it. So, chapter 10. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was like, I don't want to talk about Norwegian. <laughs> I, want to talk, I want to talk about that's Norwegian. That's me shaming now. you, starting that's... your podcast for you. <laughs> this doesn't feel as good on the other side of it. Okay. Um, oh, God. <laughs> all right. Chapter 10, Halloween. Like I said, interrupt anytime you have anything to say. Okay, well, let me just say that Malfoy gets hot, but continue. Okay. The next morning, Harry and Ron are (laughs) discussing what the dog could be guarding when the mail arrives. Harry receives a first-class broomstick, Nimbus (gasps) 2000, along with a note from Professor McGonagall summoning him to Quidditch practice. Malfoy tells Harry that first-year students are not allowed broomsticks. By the way, I am randomly going back and forth as I read these books in English and American accents. I don't know why. Yeah, I've always... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I love it. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll jump on board. I've always wondered. 
No, I've always wondered, did they buy it for him? Or did- It's, It sounds like they bought it for him. That seems inappropriate. Maybe they used his money. I don't know. He's like a little billionaire, but it seems yeah. like weird that they would buy him like the nicest room. Um, this is a little bit like an NCAA scandal. Like that's you. You might get in trouble with the with a commission for that. That might be breaking the rules. I mean, not according to the Supreme Court. Well, that now now they say that you have to say, it. but it, it's funny um, on that accent thing because then immediately. Uh, they tell Harry to perfor- report to Professor Flitwick, which I don't think you can say Flitwick in any accent except for Flitwick. English. Flitwick. Professor Flitwick. Yeah, he's great. I love Professor Flitwick. He's like, uh, he's one of the, the OGs. So he was it, a dueling. That's his whole thing. He was a dueling champion. Hmm. That's right. We only see we only see the little bit of dueling so far, and it's just Harry and uh, Draco. And well, actually, now Draco pitches out to get him in trouble. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what just happened before this. That's how they saw the exactly. trap door. Um, okay, so then he goes to Quidditch with well, he goes with Oliver Wood, who's mm-hmm. total babe fest in the movies. But I always imagined him as a babe when I was reading the books too. Um, no, Oliver makes, Wood teaches him. I don't know why. Just the name Oliver Wood. I was I was picturing him like pretty pretty like husky i i was not picturing yeah. like a jacked guy but it makes sense because he is an athlete so yeah i don't know why i just always imagined him as handsome um so he's teaching him quidditch and harry my favorite is harry tries to say it's like basketball and he's like what's basketball yeah i'm like all right so dramatic you've literally never heard of it uh, no, I know that's a whole wizard. Thing. It, it, it is good to know that the magicals and the muggle, muggles are both ignorant of each other. Like, yeah. and you know, it may also, well, I get, I guess it is similar enough to basketball, but I know that there are a lot of, uh, they Americanized a lot of things in like the Sorcerer's Stone. And I wonder like, do the wizards give a shit about soccer or, you know, football to them, especially considering where they are, Scotland. UK. Yeah, so I think Dean Thomas is a muggle kid, was muggle born and he loves um soccer and they like talk about it on the poster. I remember reading the Philosopher's Stone. Someone lent it to me like years ago. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I forget what they say. I would like I mean, basketball's a thing in Europe. Like they I know people who played professional basketball in Europe. Okay. I know so. one person. I know <laughs> one person. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I know people, but like one. they call it basketball is my point. So they I, might say that. Might be. Um, on Halloween, Flitwick begins teaching his students how to make things fly. Only Hermione succeeds. Ron, offended by her air of superiority, makes a nasty comment that Hermione overhears. And Harry notices Hermione running off in tears. So it's sad. Levio saw, not Levio saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah, when's the time you got caught talk, saying something mean behind somebody's back? Oh, well. I mean, a couple of times it really, I mean, every time it, it's happened, it's like deeply affected me. So I can't tell the whole stories. <laughs> but I'll tell like a funny one. Uh, one time, 
I accidentally was like trying to figure out this is in college. I was trying to figure out if this friend of mine took me on a date or not. Cause I was like, I can't really mm-hmm. tell. Those are and weird I, ones. Yeah. And, and we were, I was like religious at the time. So it was also like guy and girl stuff was like, mm-hmm. you read X, you read into everything extra. Right. So anyway, we, I was texting, I had a flip phone or like a, one of the ones with keyboard phone. Like the and blueberry texting, thing. No, no, just like sidekick. a flip phone, a side. No, not a sidekick. It was just like an LG, whatever. It just like right. opened up. I, 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 yeah, it's a, it's a flip phone, but it, it was has a dope as keyboard. hell. Yeah. Um. No, no T nine bullshit for you. You were living it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I remember I was I was texting my friend the first half, which was like I think this was a date. And then I went to go, you know, you had to type texts in parts mm-hmm. and I went to go send the second half and I accidentally sent it to him, which was a little less incriminating. It was just like oh. describing the evening. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't include the, like, was this a date? So then I was like, sorry, I meant to send that to Andy. And he was like, yeah, I figured. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> All right. So the ultimate question, was it in fact a date? Yeah, it was. Okay. It didn't work out, but it was. <laughs> Okay. I had a uh, nice time. He's married with children. It's good. That's all that matters is you had a nice time. Um, mm-hmm. Harry and Ron arrive at the Halloween feast to hear Professor, Professor Quirrell, the teacher of defense against the dark arts, give a terrifying announcement about a 12-foot troll in the building. As the prefects leave the students back to their dorms, Harry realizes that Hermione does not know about the troll. She is still crying in the bathroom. They head off to warn her and come upon the troll, Unwittingly, they lock it in the girls' bathroom mm-hmm. with Hermione. Whoa. Using teamwork and magic, the three of yeah. them manage to knock out the troll. Professor McGonagall finds them and begins to scold the boys until Hermione interjects that Harry and Ron were looking for her. She also lies and says that she went to face the troll herself and that Ron and Harry had been trying to save her from it. At this point, Hermione becomes their friend. Mm-hmm. So that's nice because they've had, they've been pretty I love this line. Which line? Oh, yeah. The line, the last line of that chapter, I think about it all the time. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other. And knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think about that a, like, a lot. Like there's, there's some things you can't share without ending up liking someone. Now, what, that was a question I had here, which was, uh, tell me how you made a friend under stress. And I have my own story for that. I was uh, 23 years old and I was courting a girl who had a boyfriend. I was trying to steal mm. her away from her boyfriend. For whatever reason, my early Classic. 20s, yeah, eh, for whatever reason, my early 20s, that was how I got girlfriends. I just snatched them from shitty high school relationships. They'd stayed too long. And, but uh, so creepy, but okay. <laughs> I know, I'm just, kidding. I was good at it. I don't know. Um, no, I'm just joking. It's not creepy. So I'm glad you're married. I am married now, yes. Uh, so the boyfriend's, the boyfriend's friend was instructed to, like, come along with her and, like, you know, make sure this guy doesn't try anything. And me and this guy being very suspicious of each other. Long story short, he became, like, one of my best friends ever. And he stopped being friends with the boyfriend. So, man. Oh, I, I love that. I took everything from that guy. So, fuck him. I took his friend and his girl. <laughs> oh, it works. For a That's little awesome. bit, for a little bit. She she left him for me and then continued cheating on me with him. But eh. that was messy. 
these things happen yeah, when you I mean that's high some, that's assuming the risk, Jesse, right? You assumed that risk by I knew the game. Up. I knew the game I was playing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. How about um, you? But hey, you got the friends. That one count. That's what counts. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? I'm trying to think. I was actually very engrossed in your story and I forgot so, you sent me this question. Tell me a time you made a friend in a stressful situation. Oh, well, okay. That's kind of hard because I just went to law school. And so I feel like, um, your entire first year is like really a shit show. And some of the friends I made my first year, I feel like I can call on the phone and talk to about whatever, even though we took like totally different classes, different, you know, the rest of law school. Like Mm -hmm. for example, I was really into like tax law and my one friend was really into criminal law. And unless you're doing like criminal tax fraud stuff, which would still require taking tax classes, then you're not going to take the same classes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess that's like, too general. I wish I had a more specific one, but maybe over the course of the podcast, we'll think about, I'll think about like a more specific situation. Cause I'm someone who I handle stress. Okay. And I tend to keep myself busy, which can create stress, but I manage it. Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a specific like Mm -hmm. example, but I law school is like legit though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty, uh, you know, what's the, what's the term? Uh, under pressure makes diamonds, I, turns coal into diamonds. I don't know. I don't know what oh, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Chat- I love that. I love that idea that like, you know, whether it's, whether it's a stressful experience or like just an interesting experience, the more, mm-hmm moments you have with someone or like the more unique the moment the more it bonds you i i really wish i had read this question properly i will think of something i'll interrupt randomly later with like one time (laughs) all right chapter 11 quidditch Mm -hmm. harry is about to play in his first match against slytherin to prepare harry uh, borrows a book entitled quidditch through the ages from hermione Mm -hmm. professor snape discovers ron harry and hermione out with a book one evening and confiscates it from Harry on the feeble pretext that library books may not be taken outside. Mm-hmm. Harry's suspicions of Snape continue to grow. Harry notices that Snape is limping. Going off to retrieve the book from Snape, Harry overhears him talking to Argus Filch about the three-headed dog, which make Harry even more suspicious. So this is a question I didn't lead you in, but I've been meaning to do it with somebody who's been uh, reading the books before the movie. Did you picture you were young so it might have been really applicable you might not have known actors that way did did you picture snape as uh alan rickman or did you have a different image of who snape was what he looked like how he behaved before those movies no as soon as i saw alan rickman as snape i was like oh my god that's snape yeah, he, he seems to be the one that, like, nobody had any umbrage whatsoever with, like... Same with McGonagall for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that actress's name? Maggie... What's her face? Maggie... I was gonna... I keep wanting to say Maggie Thatcher, but that's the <laughs> prime minister, former prime minister. Yeah, Ma- um, Maggie Thatcher, she, 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 <laughs> she got the Northern Irish and the Muggles all up again. Side note, anyone watch uh, The Crown because... Um, what's her face? Gillian Anderson played 
Margaret Thatcher and she was amazing. Okay, wait, let's see. Um, Maggie Smith. It was Maggie Smith. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she's she's great too. There, I mean, there, I could do a whole other episode of my thoughts on the casting choices, but I think overall pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that again. Just you know, being a just being a teenager in the time those movies are coming out, there's a certain amount of the zeitgeist that just got to me. I'm looking forward to actually getting into the movies themselves in depth and being able to, you know, see some new things, new casting that I can appreciate now having known more about the characters. Yeah. My best friend um, was not allowed to read them growing up because she grew up in a really religious household. So Mm -hmm. I got her to read them during the pandemic. And then her and her husband would watch he didn't really want to read the books, but they would watch each movie and he would be like, Brooke, can you finish? Like by the time they got to, you know, the fourth or fifth one, he'd be like, are you almost finished? Cause like, I really want to watch the movie. Like Aww. he was getting into it too. And, and she said it was great. I mean, she's like, it took her so long that by the end, she's like, I can't believe I like finally, I mean, she was also like busy doing stuff and working and shit and like had other books she said it it was hard for her to read that straight she would like rotate other books she's like a crazy reader though shout out to brooke um shout out brooke yeah uh her birthday was yesterday actually anyway so man i I, I, want to talk more about religion but we actually have that a little bit later in here i'm very curious about the epistemology of this world and that's was she like evangelical that she wasn't allowed to read them just because i remember her parents are christian just like regular I, i guess I don't know if you're aware of the, uh, I believe it was Alexandra Pelosi made a movie called Friends of Jesus that was about like children's revival stuff in like the South. And there's like a very famous clip where they're like doing this like fire and brimstone preaching to children. And out of nowhere, the woman speaking pivots and says, and Harry Potter would be a warlock. He would be burned according to the Old Testament. Like, yeah, it's, it was one of those things that was in every single trailer for that movie because it was kind of horrifying. That sounds horrifying. And I literally like try to, I was religious like later. I, my parents aren't religious. I got into it. I don't know. That was your own, own, following your own yeah. list. Different story for a different time, but. Different podcast. I didn't grow up that way. My parents let me watch whatever the hell I want. That's how I started watching SNL at like eight or whatever and got into stand up. <laughs> So I, I just had the image of you as like a teenager getting into religion, forbidding yourself from watching like the real world. Yes. I literally, my mom was like, you should go to parties and drink. And I was like, I go to church a couple times a week. Honey. This is in college. I didn't drink till I was 21. Anyway, enough of that. Okay, I, was, uh, I was still a little wizard head. So All right, the next um, morning, honey, I really yeah. think you should be going to parties and giving some wizard head. Anyway. <laughs> The next morning, the Quidditch match begins. Harry plays the position of seeker, uh, which means he must capture a little gold object called the Golden Snitch. He spots it and is flying toward it when the Slytherin sneaker pushes him out of the way and is penalized. Later in the game, Harry's broom begins moving uncontrollably. Hagrid... Oh, yeah, this is dramatic as hell. Yes. Comments that only dark magic could make a broomstick so hard to manage. Hermione notices that Snape is staring at Harry and muttering to himself. As the Weasley twins try to rescue Harry, Hermione rushes over to Snape, sneaks behind him, and sets his robe on fire. That'll get Mm -hmm. you expelled. 
suddenly knocking over Professor Quirrell as she runs. Yes, coincidence. I'm sure that won't pay off, though. That's it's coincidence in the snake. Hmm. Suddenly, the spell on Harry's broom is broken, and Harry is once again in control. He starts speeding towards the ground and lands, catching the snitch. Hannah, tell me about a time you were sabotaged. Oh my God. Can't stand it. I know your planet. I could go to Zayn's. I, I will sing this I until you think of an sabotaged. Telling you it's sabotage. I mean, are we talking self sabotage or? Self sabotage no, works. No, I, I, I don't know. I usually am good at answering questions on podcasts that I was sabotaged. Would I necessarily know it? I don't think I can think of an example that's like that overt. Like, oh my God, someone tried to cast a spell on me <laughs> um you know what I'll say I found out a couple years ago I found out that someone I considered to be like a good friend had been talking shit to like my like actually very very close like good friend and who who said to that person like stop talking to me about Hannah that's so fucked up like we're really close and my friend told me about it and I was really upset. I was like, what the fuck? Like I had a concussion like two summers before and the person had come and sat with me while I had my concussion. And like, we were like, or no, maybe it was the summer before. Like we were friends. So I was really hurt. And that made me sad. You should have said that. Does that count as sabotage? Yes, you should have said her Sabotaging my soul. What? I said you should have set her robe on fire in uh, revenge. Oh, yeah. But actually, now that I think about it, there was this woman at work years ago. I used to work as a case manager. So I worked with like adults with mental illness and I would do stuff for them and whatever. So the woman that worked with me, she was a nurse there. And early on, we had like some sort of miscommunication about like a billing thing. And she, she turned, okay, let me just say, she turned out to be like one of those people who ended up having problems with everybody. And I'm not saying that to say like anything, speak ill of her in any way, or like, you know, I think maybe she was going through a rough time, but after she left, it was like, everybody had a story to tell about her. I was just the first person, like we crossed paths. So she just would say things about me to people And then we had a meeting. I requested a meeting with my boss and her boss. Cause I was like, I can't like, this is not the kind of job where you can have someone working against you. She, and she stops. Here's the thing. I went on vacation, which I like never did. And she didn't go visit two of my patients that I was like, you need to go see them. They need your help. And she like, just didn't go. And I, and so like, as a result, I didn't have a home visit logged in there. Like all this like dumb paperwork shit but like it basically made it look like I didn't cover my bases and also the people like needed a support so that was I consider that sabotage and then I requested a meeting with our bosses and it was pretty clear in the meeting that she thought they were both on my side basically they both Mm -hmm. could tell that this was she was like a little delusional about her role in this when really the meeting should have been her apologizing to me for not seeing my patients and for being an asshole but anyway she then got fired or something she she resigned but it was like she got fired 
I had something similar that unfortunately didn't end the same way. The, the job I had when COVID started that I was eventually let go from uh, mm-hmm. was a startup and my bosses were a husband and wife and the wife, oof, she, she was a handful. Uh, let me put it this way. When I started, she had a problem with guy A until he was fired. Then she had a problem with guy B until he was fired. And then lo and behold, look, there's guy C right there. Like mm-hmm. before COVID happened, I actually had a meeting with my boss pretty much saying like, your wife is so unprofessional. I want you to give me a raise to continue working here. And he did. Mm. Until he fired me during COVID. Because I they were trying to get us to come back to the office in fucking June of 2020. And I said no. Mm. And I got fired for that shit. So mm. much better job now. Anyway, wrap up this chapter. Uh, Hagrid okay. takes Harry back to his hut with Hermione and Ron, who tells Harry that Snape was putting a curse on his broomstick. Hagrid does not believe this. Wait, wait, wait. We skipped the fact that they won. You didn't even talk about how they won the Quidditch match. Oh, I just had that he uh, starts speeding towards the ground, lands, and caught the snitch. Yeah, Harry, Harry he is king shit. He coughed it up. He didn't just catch the snitch. Oh, that's right. That's he right. nearly swallowed the snitch, and then he coughs it up, and they're trying to argue he didn't catch it, but it counts. So his very first Quidditch match, he catches the snitch by accident. With his mouth. Covered. But what he a was close off. to it. He saw it. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's pretty. It's a pretty gnarly way to you know win the big game. He like I'm, coughed it up. I think barfing is hilarious too. So I've always imagined that scene as very funny in my head. Not only that, but as like the first year one, he's like the first year one to play Quidditch in like ever, right? Like a hundred years. Right. So really doing it good. His dad was a a seeker though. Hmm. He was meant to be a seeker. No. I like feel. As an adult, when I read these stories now, I'm like, this little boy was an orphan. Like, he had no parents, and his aunt and uncle were terrible to him. Like, it makes me so sad to think about, like... Episode one was a lot of child abuse of the Dursleys, just, like, leaving him in a fucking closet. Yeah, like, his whole backstory, like, reading that, when I go back and read this, I usually try to... I usually read it, like, once a year. But I've read it so many times that, like... I also space it out if I don't like, mm. depending on how I feel, just because it's like, I want to enjoy it. But um, yeah, I, I, I like read this now and I'm like, this poor boy, like he just wanted to be connected to his parents and thank God because they told them not, him nothing about them. Like that's no. even sad, the most sad part, you know? He, he has a, must have a very good psychology to not have number one like oh my parents died in a car accident and i have these aunts and uncles and cousin who treat me like shit what i'm magic jesus also wait there's magic there's dragons and shit like he's so brave he he takes he takes it all in the gym he he does not blink harry Uh, is so brave that's the thing that's one of my biggest complaints about like the last movies like i'm not spoiling anything but i think that um, I can't speak for the rest of the movies because I haven't seen them in a while, but I remember my rage about the, for the final book, that final movie, the both movies, I think take away some of Harry's bravery and like attribute it to like teamwork. And mm. I feel like this entire series is based on Harry being like just impossibly brave in so many situations. That's like mm. one of the questions you sent me that we'll get to like, 
I was just thinking about it. I was like, I would never be as brave as Harry Potter. But anyway, continue. Uh, Hagrid does not believe that Snape is actually responsible for any of this. Harry tells Hagrid about Snape getting injured by the dog in the third floor corridor. Hagrid involuntarily reveals that the three-headed dog, Fluffy, is his. And that what the dog Mm -hmm. is guarding is a secret known only to Dumbledore and a man named Nicholas Flamel. And we will get... Flamel. I, I'm mispronouncing everything on this. No, Let's okay. keep steamrolling into chapter 12. Yes. The Mirror of Esered, which this is my own personal. I think it's personal... No, it's not. You know why? Oh, wait. No, it is. It is. And you're absolutely right. Because I was going to say it's, I, it's a little corny for me that it's obviously the word desire background backward. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is something I've always had. I didn't know that until just now. Thank you. Really? I truly. I thought it was so obvious. It was desire backwards. Well, you know, I read it as a child and then that became mm-hmm. the mirror of Erised for me. Okay. Just, so it uh, never, I remember, you know what I mean? Like. No, that what? makes sense. That makes sense. It's just, it, it's such a weird pet peeve to me. There, there is a band I love and they wrote a rock opera, which again, another cheesy thing I tend to just love. But there's sure. l- literally a character in this rock opera named Lord Nefarious. And immediately I was just like, oh, fuck you guys. Like just two, mm-hmm. two on the nose. Same thing with like the mirror of Erised. Anyway, Christmas is approaching. Malfoy teases Harry about having to stay at Hogwarts for the holiday because he doesn't have parents because they're dead. It's so sad. Yeah, but he doesn't want to go back with the Dursleys. Fuck the Dursleys. No, I know, but he doesn't have parents to go home and have Christmas with. He's doing fine. Parents would only hold him back. Uh, No, wait. I also, I meant to say I watched this. My boy, I got my boyfriend to start reading the books and then we did watch the first movie. He has, he's moving through them at his own pace. I think we watched the second movie too but the first movie I literally was like I hadn't seen him in so long the music started playing I cried and then like during the part about Christmas I was like he doesn't have anywhere to go I like was just so emotional I'm like Harry's so brave he's a little boy anyway that's also just something I feel it's also just something as we get older like when you're a little kid and you see like a little kid in a movie having a bad Christmas and you're like yeah, that happens. But then you're an adult and you're like, you only get so many and he's not getting one he needs right now. And he's not going to fulfill his potential because he's having a bad Christmas now. Like all the, all holiday movies get sadder as you get older. That is my thought. It's a wonderful, yeah. it's a wonderful life will bring me to like screaming to the heavens. Like there, why, why not? Why could that not be the real world? Um, yeah, I don't why I don't like that movie. I've only seen it once. I don't know why, but I I can't really I get really emotional with certain things. But anyway, okay, the mirror of Eris said. Yeah. Oh, um, so well, just to keep going because this is oh. a talking point I want to talk about. Uh Harry is looking forward to spending Christmas away from the Dursleys, especially because Ron is also staying at Hogwarts. The day before oh, yeah. vacation, Hermione tears Ron and Harry away from a conversation with Hagrid to look in the library for more information. On Nicholas Flamel. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Flamel? Right. Yes. The librarian catches Harry prowling around the restricted book section of the library and kicks him out. On Christmas Day, Harry and Ron awaken to presents, though Harry's are fewer. 
Harry receives candy and a knitted sweater from Ron's mother, which she makes for all her children. That's a sweet gift from Mr. Uh, I know he is the best Christmas this is what I meant I cried about this is I was like he's having such a great time he deserves it so this is where I get tired of I want to know how much religion plays into this magical world because they they're celebrating Christmas ergo do the magical wizards believe in Christ was Jesus a wizard if that's known for certain or is there no such thing as Jews because they would all believe in the divinity of Christ I I want to know the epistemology of this universe I wonder if, and I might just be making this up, but I wonder if there's like more of a cultural emphasis perhaps that like in England, I feel like the English, I'm, I'm half English and I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe there is in America too. And they're, they're, they're celebrating a very English Christmas here. They talk about the crackers and the crowns and everything. Yeah, we do that. We do that at my family Christmas. I, um, I, that is something I wish would be adopted as a whole. For those of you who are not, well, actually you, you're the half English. Why don't you tell uh, the rest of us Yanks, like what is the Christmas tradition as far as like crackers and crowns? Cause I always, Oh yeah. Them so that you can get them now at like TJ Maxx and stuff. I've seen them during the holidays, but they're just like essentially these little, I don't know, contraptions um they make like a pop sound and you it's like a like this confetti popper thing yeah it's like a it's like a little it looks like I keep wanting to say a tootsie roll but it's like bigger but has like two little sides that you pull on the end like imagine you had a tootsie roll but instead you just like pull it all the way out Mm -hmm. and it pops and then inside there's usually like a little game and a little joke or like a fortune and um, a hat and everyone puts on their crowns. Every Christmas we, we have them. My, Cause my grandparents came here from England in like the fifties after World War II. Um, That's really cool. I, do, I just wish that would be a bigger thing. So. Yeah, um, so I don't know if it's like, just like they celebrate it in the same way that like, you know, plenty of agnostic people celebrate it you know like I mean, I'm th- not this is very clearly j- just like a little a, a little like bump in the path that really got me thinking of a lot of the implications as as <coughs> as somebody who has described uh, themselves as a begrudging atheist who would really like to believe in things and you know this is a world where you know, magic exists in fiction and suddenly we find out it exists in reality. I see what you're saying. So why do they celebrate Christmas and not another holiday? Right. Which makes me wonder, yep. G- Jesus wizard. If that just explained all of it, like, no, Jesus was a particularly good wizard and just went from yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty legit, you know, point to raise. My only counterpoint would be that schools follow similar schedules. Like most schools follow a schedule where there's a holiday break. Mm. So while they specific, but they specifically say Christmas. No, no, no. I'm not defending the like, dude, I just have talked consistently about how I'm not religious. Mm. I'm saying maybe she picked a holiday. Maybe she just like wanted a holiday to pick. Or maybe it was, you know, I don't know. I Um, feel like also back in the day, 
there used to just be like Christmas parties. People would, well, I grew up in a very Jewish area. So it was always Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Mm. But like, I feel like during the winter, I would hear of, you know, people would say Merry Christmas, you know, remember the whole controversy over the red cups and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was everywhere. It was just like, that's why I don't even like Christmas that much. You know, what's the craziest part too? The real Super Bowl for Christians is Easter. Easter. Yep. Doesn't matter. He was born. Remember when he died and came back? It's like my the, church. The, I, the true reason for the season as a, as a, a raised yeah. a, a Polish Catholic, we fuck hard with Easter. Yeah. Um, I used to go to an African church and they also very much enjoy Easter and do like a big thing each year and I would participate it was great it was like a very special day I just stopped believing in parts of the traditions Mm -hmm. so it's kind of awkward for me now but there's actually where, where we just moved there are tons of like really nice churches around here my, my, my wife is Jewish and I have been threatening that like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be born again. Give me, give me 10 years. But I do kind of just want to like wander in around Christmas time. Just, I don't know. There is still you something. Should. My mom likes to go to church on Christmas. We don't there's, go to church normally. There's but. the, there's the ritualistic, you go in, you, you kneel, you stand, you wave to people, you eat, you leave, you know? Yeah. Right, I, I, I would assume I, I would, it's a good observation and it's interesting because as a child, I feel like I wouldn't have picked up. I'm like, okay, Christmas. Like I definitely always noticed when there weren't Jewish holidays, just because I went to school with so many Jewish kids that like you, we got off for all the Jewish holidays. Like we like were every, every classroom always included Judaism into it. Mm. So uh, in the public schools. So it was funny. We, like- we, we did that in our school, despite literally having so few Jewish children that they had to bring up the one Jewish kid in our grade to like explain it. Well, so- I do like that they did it anyway. That's good. Right. Yeah. Like teaching, teaching Christian kids about it. So maybe right. it's just like a part of curriculums that would make sense. Yeah. It happens around the same time of year, but yeah. yeah. Should they have had a freaking menorah? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> And I want that on the record that they should have had a menorah at Hogwarts. Hell yeah. We want a menorah. We want a Yom Kippur. All sorts of- There's a Supreme Court case about that. Uh, I'm a nerd. About, about Yom Kippur at Hogwarts? Because I'm all No, about- there's a Supreme Court case about how it's okay for the government to have a menorah. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, a menorah statue. I mean, like on government property. It's not, it's not violating the establishment clause of the constitution for a menorah to be on the, um, lawn of a, of a, whatever, or a Christmas tree, but you can't have like a Jesus nativity scene. I get that. I get that. If you're, if you're addressing more the culture as opposed to the specific religious belief behind it. So that's what the court said. They were just like, listen, like the government can partake in holiday celebrations. There's a reason their government, you know, approved holidays, but the, it has to be like neutral. And so they tried to argue that like the menorah was a religious symbol, but they said, yes, but it's also taken on an entirely different, like there's a huge cultural component to it. And it's clearly demonstrating like the the same way you can. you, you can you can have a Christmas tree 
without invoking the people of Judea rising up against the Romans and conquering death, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's the whole, well, and also there are so many people that Christmas is not about Jesus at all. So yes, plenty of my own family. We have secular Christmas folk. All right, let's get back into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. okay. So Harry also yeah, receives sorry. an invisibility cloak accompanied only by an anonymous note telling him that it once belonged to Harry's father. Wow. That night, after a satisfying Christmas dinner and after Ron has fallen mm-hmm. asleep, Harry tries it on. Unseen, he is able to go to the library's restricted book section, but one of the books starts screaming when he opens it, so he yeah, quickly leaves. Yeah, that's nightmare fuel. He passes Filch and hides in an old classroom marked with an inscription that includes the words Erised. Mm-hmm. Inside stands an old mirror. Harry looks in and sees many people standing behind him, but when he turns in the room, he sees no one. Suddenly, he, recon- he recognizes that two of the people in the mirror are his dead mother and father. He tries to speak to them, but they can only communicate by waving. Harry lingers so there for sad. a while, but eventually returns to his room. That's very sad. I was talking about dead dad dreams at the therapist And a today. little old man who looks at as though he had Harry's novelly knees. Oh, I have mm-hmm. my British grandfather's novelly knees, I think. <laughs> So I, I really do. I have his like chicken legs. Um, my aunt, though, she looks just like him. But anyway, yeah, he uh, I always read that and thought of my grandfather. <laughs> he had knobby knees. I, 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 thing. Well, that'll be ruined pretty quick once we actually find out what the because uh, we're also we've already just learned because this is still the first book that like there are people moving around in these paintings and it's unclear how sentient or there these people in the paintings actually are but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh the next mm-hmm. night harry brings ron with him to the mirror room ron looks in the mirror but does not see harry's parents instead sees himself holding a quidditch cup mm-hmm. mrs norris filch's prowling cat notices them on the third night ron is afraid of being caught and does not want to go back so harry returns alone there he mm-hmm. finds albus dumbledore Dumbledore explains to Harry that the mirror displays the deepest desire of whoever looks into it. Harry is relieved to find out that Dumbledore is not angry. So yeah, we get that disappointment there of like, okay, this isn't necessarily his actual Mm -hmm. parents looking back. This is his greatest desire. Hannah, what do you think you would see if you looked in the mirror of Erised? Well, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be what Dumbledore's answer is, which is thick socks. Um, I would be Philly's funniest. No, <laughs> uh, I see myself. I had the thought. I had the thought. I probably it might be. No, I see myself way bigger than that. I see myself on stage recording my HBO comedy special called Hannah Trev Esquire. Ooh, you already have a name picked out. That's a good one. Hannah Trev Esquire. Yeah. When I was in college, I had to do this. I was an art major too. I was philosophy and art. And I had to do this digital art design. I was a painter and I had to do a digital art class and I had to make like something to promote myself. It could be like business cards. I made a DVD jacket for my standup uh, hour live from the moon. I had not tried standup yet. I just planned, but it was called live from the moon. And it was like, (laughs) you know, on the back that said like filmed in the Buzz Aldrin amphitheater on the moon like whatever and i was always so proud of it it was very silly oh, wow. so that um, wasn't even a name you were literally like no i'll record my first special on the well moon. no no the whole i like that was for the project just because i needed text for the back but i always thought maybe i would do live from the moon 
Um, but then I decided to go to law school. So I was like, you can practice law on the moon, maybe. Oh no. I just mean, uh, I wrote all these, I started doing stand up, and then I went to law school and I had all these jokes about being a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, maybe, but dibs on law live from the moon and Hannah Travis. It'd be really weird if someone else named their special Hannah Travis. But that's what I see when I look in the mirror and my cat is with me. No, your cat is there enjoying it all with you. Like she comes on stage and stuff like that. That's my truest desire (laughs) is that she like acts like a dog because she's a dog at home. She just like can't do the whole like go outside thing. If I, if I, if I saw in the mirror, I would see myself and my wife, myself and my wife as old people with children. And yet all, all the pets that we have right now are still alive and with us. Oh, I love that answer. Oh, uh, well, God. So we actually, uh, that's will, my this, dream. This will show you how sweet. And Wait, was that fucking, your answer already? Yes. <gasps> but how sweet and morbid. Um, so my, my wife's, uh, not matron in law. What the fuck am I looking for? Maid of honor. Maid of honor got a painting commissioned of us where it's a very cartoony picture and it's of me and my wife. And we're each holding one of our bunnies and our pet cat is popping up behind us. And it's a super cute photo. And I immediately had the thought of like every seven years, what we need to do is we need to get a new version of this painting commissioned with our entire family and all the pets. And then eventually, and then eventually you and I will die. And the very final painting will be me and you with all the dead pets. Yeah, I love that. I have, I am, I can't turn the computer, but I am looking at a painted portrait of me and my cat, Georgina, Mm -hmm. where I hired an artist, Katie Hare. She's very talented. I hired an artist to paint for Christmas for myself back in 2016 Mm -hmm. to paint a picture of me in like a Victorian style dress with Georgina on my lap. And she was like, yep, okay. And she did. And it looks just like me. I'm literally looking at it right now. So I'm very much in the in the paintings of our pet and family club. Let's do this last nice. chapter. Nicholas well, Dude, I love that was your answer though. I do love that that was your answer mm-hmm. because I said about a pet thing too. It's true. So we actually have two more chapters, but we're gonna oh. we're, we're we're gonna tear through them because my battery okay, is dying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> chapter okay. thirteen, Nicholas Flamel. Harry heeds Dumbledore's advice to stop visiting the mirror. After break, Harry, Ron, and Hermione research resume their search for Nicholas Flamel, though Harry's time is increasingly consumed with Quidditch practice. One day at practice, Harry learns that Snape will be refereeing the next game. He and his friends wonder whether Snape may try to harm Harry during the game. As they're talking, Neville hops by. Malfoy has cast Mm -hmm. a spell on him that has locked his legs together. Harry tells Neville that Neville needs to learn to stand up to Malfoy. Neville turns to leave, but not before giving Harry a famous wizard card for his collection. Suddenly, Harry remembers where he had seen the name Nicholas Flamel before, and we see it very early on on the train. It is mentioned on the back of the Albus Dumbledore famous wizard card that Ron gave him. Hermione runs to her room to get a book informing them that Flamel, once Dumbledore's partner, what kind of partners? We'll find out later. Actually, no, I'm just making that up, was the only wizard ever to make a sorcerer's stone. They learn that the Sorcerer's Stone transforms any metal into gold and produces an elixir of everlasting life. Harry and his friends conclude that the fierce dog on the third floor must be guarding Flamel's stone. Harry's nervousness grows as the big Quidditch match approaches. If Gryffindor wins, it will take first place in the house championship. 
but Harry is concerned about Snape's evil plans. His fears are allayed when he learns that Dumbledore will be at the game because Snape would never commit any wrongdoing in front of Dumbledore. In the game, Harry catches the golden snitch within the first five minutes, which is huge. They've mentioned games lasting for days. Yep. Yeah. But no, that's great. They mentioned that these games can stretch on for days. And yet, like, he... Well, he makes a big thing, like, we need to get it right away and fast before Snape has any time to get in and fuck about. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore congratulates Harry for the astonishing feat. Afterwards, Harry notices Snape heading off into the forest. He flies to follow him and hears Snape talking harshly in the forest to Professor Quirrell and mentioning the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, I had a question here. Tell me about a time you followed somebody never done it not brave enough perfect next chapter 14 dorian ridgeback as easter approaches hermione begins to worry about exams while harry and ron merely try to keep up with a tremendous amount of homework assigned one day haggard comes upon them studying in the library they bombard him with questions about the sorcerer's stone he invites them to come and talk to him later but says he does not promise that he will reveal anything they visit Hagrid's hut later, and Hagrid tells them he does not know what else is guarding the stone besides the three-headed dog. He does tell them which teachers cast spells to guard the stone. He adds that he will never give out any information on how to bypass the dog. Hagrid then shows the students a dragon egg that he won in a poker game the previous night. Dragons are illegal, but Hagrid wishes to raise one anyway. Later, Harry gets a note saying the dragon egg is hatching, and I have here in my notes, plot hole, I don't care how good a friend she is, snitch-ass goody-goody Hermione would have finked on Hagrid that he had a dragon. Absolutely. No, she wouldn't have. Ah, I don't. That, that sounds too outside the rules. That's my No, fault. no. Once she, once she got, like, in the squad, Hagrid's family. She now like, she's in all the schemes, you know? She's blood in, blood out at this point. Yeah, yeah. Now she's, like, down for the ride. Okay. Excitedly, he and his friends rush over to Hagrid's to watch the dragon's birth. The children realize that Hagrid must get rid of this dragon, which he names Norbert, before he grows too big. They decide to write to Charlie, Ron's older brother, who is studying dragons in Romania. Charlie agrees to help them and arranges for them to meet some of his friends to take the dragon away. The plan is set for the kids to meet Charlie's friends at midnight on Saturday atop the tallest tower of the castle. They take the invisibility cloak and sneak up carrying Norbert, Charlie's friends come and take the dragon away. As they descend from the tower, they forget to wear the invisibility cloak and Filch catches them. I know, it's very dramatic. Well, 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 aren't we in trouble? So Hannah, you have an invisibility cloak. What is the first thing you do with the invisibility cloak? Wow. um... I feel like no good could come of it. I would want to use it to spy on somebody, but if it was anybody I wanted to spy on, I would probably hear or see something. I would not, I would wish not to have known. I would hit up some of my friends and see like, so kind of to the spying, but maybe if I could just like, no, see, I don't, I don't think I'm not sneaky. I wouldn't No, Like I was going to say like, maybe like punk some of my other friends, like try to like, get them to invite someone over and like jump out and stuff but ah so you you, you want to be a little trickster with it yeah i, I could yeah, also I don't see spy on people oh you know what would be a good one this is a good one this is a good safe not creepy one i would sneak into 
a big production musical and I would and I would watch it from the stage and like walk around inside the action. That's what yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like go to a movie. I guess the movie's like kind of lame. You could just watch it at home, but you know, go into like, yeah, watch. That's a good one. Watch a play or something, or like or, a, or a even, concert. Yeah, go to a concert. Go to a go to a ball game. Watch from the third baseline. You know, that'd be neat. I mean, that would be risky. You could get hit. Uh, you'd have to got, get through you get have to get really lucky to get all the way down there but uh, well, no that, I'm with you I agree but that's where you take it further room and a cloak though for sure mm, true I was gonna say if you do that in sports you can put some money down on the game and just like whack down some fly balls make sure <laughs> shave some points yeah that would be you could really rig muggle systems if you were a wizard oh, yeah. for sure all right well Hannah that is uh our episode yeah. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, definitely. I will definitely, I'll have to have you on for one of the movies because I'm very curious as somebody who has strong opinions about them. I'm very curious what yeah. you thought of them. Uh, the first, cu- I mean, from what I remember, the first couple are cute. I mean, hmm. we'll see. But the <laughs> last one is terrible trash. So that's what I'm looking forward to. The only movies I saw were like right in the middle. I think I saw like three, four, and five. So okay. it's gonna, it's one gonna and be, two are adorable. Yeah, I was there for Goblet of Fire, and suddenly the entire tone changing. But uh, all right, so fi- final question. Well, first, tell us where we can find you online. I know you said Wanda Cheeseburger on Instagram, and what's the other one? Yeah, just do that, Wanda Cheeseburger, or you can search Hannah Trav on Twitter. But I'm really not on Twitter. I direct you to Instagram. Yeah, Twitter's horrible. Final question: What house are you? Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm still unsure. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Gryffindor again this week because Steve Bickle convinced me I'm in Gryffindor until I yeah. think otherwise. He's good people. I trust his opinion. Uh, yeah, people. no doubt I'm a Ravenclaw for sure. Not brave enough for Gryffindor, but I got the brains, you know. Nice. All right. Well, Hannah, thank All you right, so much for, for being me. on. And uh, okay. all right. Goodbye.